Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we're continuing our series on weird things in the Bible. For the Jackson Club. For the Jackson Club, thank you. Which is an online church. You can learn more by clicking the links below or commenting or discording with us and so on and so forth. Today, on the Weird Stuff series, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the ancient conception of the universe. Because usually we talk about, and we've hit on this a little bit before in the cloud. Today we're just going to full dive in to it. So, usually what you hear people talk about when they talk about the way that people used to think of the universe is that the world was flat. And that's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's it. They just believed the world was flat. I'm here today to tell you, it was much weirder than that. How so? Oh, let me tell you, Casey. So, I'll pull up the picture. This comes out, I believe, of the Faith Life uh, study Bible, which, by the way, if you're looking for a study Bible, this is the one. I think you can get it for free on an app, but like, it's very, it's very well done and has a lot of great scholars' hands on it. So, check that out sometime. But we're going to take a look at uh, at this picture, this image of sorts, to kind of show us like what is going on. So I remember when I was younger reading the Bible and it talks about this thing called the firmament. If you guys ever read about that or remember seeing it. I've heard that word in church before. Yeah, well, where is the it's firmament? Not, it's not a filament? A filament? No, that would be a light bulb of sorts. Right. So, a firmament, does anyone remember like anything about this? No. It was up in the sky and it was kind of described in the creation account as like the water up in the sky, which when I think of water in the sky, I think of like clouds and whatnot, but um, but we, we know water comes out of the sky sometimes, so we're an ancient civilization, we're probably to some extent trying to figure out like why and how, you know? Wait, that means we're Atlantis. Because we're underwater? <laughs> I get it. I don't know why you're freaking out. It's just... Okay, so we're underwater. Yes, we are Atlantis. But uh, the idea was like, there's water in the sky and therefore... Wait, does that mean there's stargates? No. no. See, good joke, bad joke. Do this. Don't do this. Uh, uh, Listen, some people will like my jokes. No. Uh... <laughs> So there's this permanent above the earth. It's when God separated the waters. He left water on land and water in the sky. And, and because of that, there, there was this understanding in ancient culture that there's like a dome over the earth, that we're more like a snow globe than a globe, and we're more like a snow globe than just a flat earth. Like when you open up the windows in the firmament, the water falls through onto us. <laughs> But otherwise, it stays up there. This is why you have like stories like Noah, where it's God opened up the floodgates. Why? Well, the ocean in the sky. He opened up like the trap door underneath and it all poured out onto us and, and flooded the earth. You know, like that, that's... See, the face you're making is good because this is weird. This sounds strange. It does. Also, 
to open the floodgates would be very difficult to do with the water pressure. Unless you're God. You're still thinking in science, man. <laughs> this is literally my point. It's like, this isn't science. I can't turn it off. I'm sorry. Well, that, yeah, I mean, you should recognize that. Because, like, this sounds weird to us. And so, like, we'll, we'll get to application here in a bit, all right? But, but, like, outside of that, we've long heard, like, they used to believe the world was flat. Why wouldn't they? Right? Like, <laughs> they don't have satellites. They have no conception of a giant circle that they're able to, to move around. In their minds, you're on a piece of land, and even at the beginning of Genesis, the whole thing was water, right? It wasn't God, God spoke into nothing and something came of it. It was actually like the whole, the whole world was water, and then God spoke into it, and land came out. So there's this chaos, and we've talked about this before, chaos of water versus God's order of land. So from their minds, like, if you get in a boat and you go in the water, you're just going to, like, go to nothing. It's chaos out there, like. See, I, I keep getting this imagery whenever you think of, like, the flat earth. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm gonna date myself a lot here, but the original Chronicles of Narnia, the BBC version, when Reaper Cheap goes to the edge of the earth, yeah. and they try to do that boat off the waterfall, like, that's the image that keeps getting stuck in my head. And, you know, there's different mythologies that work with that, like, Pirates of the Caribbean even goes off the earth at one point, and that then it, like, end. inverts underneath the world, you know, it's like, yeah, at the world's end. So, like, there's, there's all those kinds of thinking, but, like, why wouldn't they think like that? They have no reason whatsoever to believe in their ancient society anything like a globe. Um, so in their minds, the earth is flat. That's why you'll hear the Bible talk about like the corners of the earth, because to them it's more like a you know big square piece of thing. <laughs> and then over them is this firmament that holds up the water. They don't know about evaporation. They don't know about anything like that. But how how big would that don't have to be though? Like. I feel like to, to think about that in a massive scale is crazy to me. Well, Well, remember, their world is, wasn't as big as ours. Also true, yeah. Like, they don't know anything about the other half of the Earth. They live in this small section of, of, of what actually is our entire planet, right? Um, and in their minds, like... So other, other mythologies and creation accounts had the same idea of the dome. Like, I think it was Tiamat, uh, Tiamat who like in that religion the gods or some creator god split tiamat in half killed this like water slash dragon creature sorts and then ripped it in half <laughs> leaving one half up in the sky and the other half on the land like the bible has its own version of that where it's no actually god put the water up in the sky and left the water on the land in fact, I think the Bible might even like riff off that creation story because it talks, there's one particular, I think it's a Psalm where it talks about another dragon of sorts named Rahab that God killed. And when he did that, he made clouds and he made, he made the sky and things like that. You're like, I feel like this Psalm is like working off of, no, you know who actually killed the water dragon and created the universe out of it? It's Yahweh. So like you, you see like that kind of ancient mythology making it. And then you have the sun and the moon and the stars. Those are up in the skies. And you know what they're not in ancient culture? They ain't 
giant balls of gas burning millions of miles away. Who are you trying to imp uh, imitate right now? It's Pumbaa. No, come on, Pumbaa, the fireflies. Fireflies. Really, Jamon? You don't remember? Do you I don't remember, remember that scene. What? Okay, well, in Pumbaa's scientific mind, <laughs> They're these, they're these, uh, uh... When I was thinking, if that was trying to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, that totally did not sound like it. That yeah, was definitely not bad. my... That's very bad, Pumbaa. That was not Neil deGrasse Tyson. But Pumbaa had this idea that it was scientific, whereas Timon's like, no, the fireflies. And actually, Timon would, is not correct, biblically. <laughs> but he's at least closer, because in ancient times, like, they thought the stars were entities. They thought that they were beings. Why? They're up in the heavens where heavenly beings are, the heavenly hosts. Those are like the stars of the sky. And they move around. They're not in the same place every night. Every time you look up, you're like, oh, hey, the heavenly beings have moved tonight. You know, like they're not where they used to be. And so in their minds, like if the heavens are up there and the heavenly hosts are up there, then those things must be the heavenly hosts. And the Bible works off this idea throughout scripture. That's part of the reason that like, Angels are thought to be like shiny or pictured as shiny. There are these glorious bodies. There, um, uh, Jesus holds seven stars in his hands in Revelation, and it says those seven stars are actually the angels of the seven churches. Like they're showing, like yeah, they they just generally thought that like heavenly beings up there. Part of the reason that in Genesis, instead of call the sun the sun and the moon the moon, calls it the greater light and the lesser light. Why? Because in other cultures, suns and moons were gods, and you're not going to bring up these gods in your creation story. You're talking about Yahweh. He's the one who made it. Don't confuse it with the sun and the moon and stars and all that. So they're telling the story of, of how, and I think as this graph that we have up shows, like the sun and moon and stars are like moving along the firmament. Like they're, they're kind of like within that. Um, Another thing that I would throw in... Wait, how did they equate for days becoming night and night becoming days? Uh, well, at least like the Egyptians would talk about... I think it was the Egyptians, and I could be wrong on this. The Egyptians would talk about how like the sun god is born every day and dies every night to be resurrected. and You'd have to look into oh, that yeah. one. It's been a long time since I've looked into that. But like that, that was kind of what they would... If I remember right, think of those general directions. Um, the mountains, those are the things that are helping hold up this sky dome. <laughs> they're like, you ever hear mountains described as the pillars of the earth? It's probably because they're thinking like this is pillar holding something up here, you know? Um, could be wrong about that too, but we're doing our best to like make sense of like, what was their conception of the universe based on how they constantly talk about things? Uh, and in my own studies, I thought I found some connections between, you know, in Revelation, like there's the sea of glass or the like crystal sea before the throne. Yeah, we remember that. Yeah. No, no don't remember that. No, the, yeah. like, the crystal sea of heaven. Nope. I don't remember. But. Okay. Well, there's like a crystal sea of glass or, or whatever in heaven. And like, I think when you look at what he was trying to do there is where does God live? Well, he lives above the firmament. Now, 
in Moses's time, they walk up on a mountain, and when they look up, you know what they see? God's feet standing like on the firmament. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there he is right there, you know? Like, that's a weird story, but like, their, their conception of the universe colliding with a visionary moment of God. So God is like above the firmament, and Ezekiel, I think, talks about this kind of like crystally ceiling, this crystally ocean in the sky of sorts. And and I think the reason Revelation pictures God's throne room like with a crystal sea in front of it is because like God is is above the firmament. He's in the highest of heights. He's in the heaven of heavens. Uh, and even that in like Jewish thinking. Right? There's like these different levels of heights within the heavens until you finally get to God's like heights above the heights. And this is now getting from like just a thought of science to like a spiritual conception, right? Mm -hmm. Same with under the earth, Sheol. Uh, when you, you bury people in the ground, partially because like they are headed to a place that's in the ground. <laughs> Like, there's a, a dwelling down there where the dead go. That's where Satan has been sent. He's been sentenced not just to the earth, but to the lowest of places on the earth, which is under the earth, which is Sheol, which is where the dead go, right? So, needless to say, Casey will now ask his usual question. Nope, I don't got one this time. Olivia will ask it for him. Are, are you wanting to know... <laughs> this is Are where... you wanting me to ask what the what the takeaway is? Yeah, yeah, that, there it is. That's that's the question we were looking for. Alrighty. <clears throat> Sorry, let me. And how do we take this home? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me think about that. How much of this sounds accurate? <laughs> um, the well, moon and the sun are indeed in the sky. Correct. There is water and earth. Also correct. And there's air. All right. So we're saying that... So, so five. Five things. What no clouds. Six. There are six things. We weren't necessarily debating that th these things don't exist. Well, the firmament <laughs> will we'll debate. <laughs> but we're not like necessarily debating like these things don't exist. The question is, like, how do we understand our world and scientifically and factually and evidence wise tells us so much of this is wrong. <laughs> like, I don't know about the spiritual conception. We know God's up in the heavens, whatever the heavens exactly are. And Sheol is a place where the dead go. Is it necessarily under the earth or is it like another spiritual dimension of sorts? I don't know. Sheol in the Old Testament, Hades in the New Testament. Neither of those are hell. That's a whole other conversation, which we've actually already had, so go check out that episode. Um, but with, with all this in mind, here's what I find weird when we have conversations about the creation story today, is like, we are dead set. And speaking against scientific ideas and concepts and whatever evidence it has to prove on things like evolution and whatnot. Like it has to be God created us in a literal six day time frame, no matter what you do. But everything else the creation story and the rest of the Bible says about our factual scientific existence, we're like, no, of course that's wrong. <laughs> like hands down, don't even have to think about it. 
you know, a bunch of this is in the creation narrative. So why is it that we are like firmament? Uh, uh-uh. nope, not a thing. Flat earth, uh-uh, not a thing. But like created in six literal days, that has to be a thing. Don't you not be a Christian by, <laughs> by challenging that. Like when everything else is clearly a conception of an ancient world, why is there like another conception within that same story that has to be completely 100% accurate? And I've talked about this before, at least in person, if not an episode. I honestly don't care where people land on the evolution versus uh, a literal six day period for your own soul's sake, because I don't think your salvation is dependent upon it. Um, I believe that God made the world regardless of the way in which he did it. Um, so that's not really my conversation here. But I think this, this opens up like a, a bigger conversation for us. When we see science in the Bible, our first inclination should not be, this is scientifically accurate. It's just an ancient society trying to understand the world around. They don't even have a microscope. They don't, they don't know what cells are. They don't know what DNA is. They, don't, they haven't been to space. <laughs> they, they can't even send anything into space. They can't even get up a mountain without freezing to death. Like, it's, it's, it's just a completely different way, you know? When you have stories like, and the whole earth was flooded, like, do they even know what the earth is? Have they been? And Noah sailed all the way to America to check. For sure, it was flooded over here. And then he went back home. Like, it's just... Oh, and they checked Mount Everest, too. <laughs> exactly. Like, they went to the highest of heights on the whole earth and checked. By their standards and by their understanding, there was a great flood. It did happen, and all the stories of which they're trying to say and communicate are highly important, but like scientifically, factually evident, they traveled the entire earth to make sure that everything was flooded for biblical, factual corrections. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to <laughs> sail the, the whole earth in, what, 40 days? Yeah, nor would they even know that they had done it if they did. What they know is this, we live on land and then there's water everywhere else. And now I look down and there's no land, there's just water. Therefore, the whole earth has been flooded, right? Like that is, that is the point. More importantly, the narrative of what it's trying to say is we baptize the world, we are starting afresh, evil is done away with, we are restarting Eden and, and all these important points. I could continue, but I'm mostly distracted by whatever this space is. So please continue. It's not, there's too much buildup, but the joke is gonna fall flat. I just wanted to say, you don't think they can go around the world in 40 days? <laughs> it's 80 days, but. This is how you do a joke. You just ruined it. Around the world, you ruined days. it. Is the reference right? He's correct, but he ruined your joke. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's fine. I'll give it to you. No, I don't want <laughs> your want, fist bump. You keep your pity, 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 pity bump. <laughs> My point is this, and I realize I've said it way more harshly than I needed to say. The Bible writers were not scientists, and they also had no desire to be scientists. Like, sure, they were curious about the world, but like, look at the book of Job. 
There's one part where God just like reams out Job's Do you know how this works, 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 this works? And Job's like, no. <laughs> like even some of the things in there are scientifically inaccurate. He's like, do you know where the storehouses of snow are? You guys know there's no storehouse of snow, right? <laughs> Sure it is. It's up at the North Pole. Well, if you believe in a firmament where you open windows and stuff falls out, then you're thinking up there there's a warehouse somewhere where the snow is and God has... I mean, doesn't Santa have a warehouse of snow? I think Santa probably has a warehouse of snow. You guys are missing my point. Uh, or, or, uh, um... Hey, I did a good joke. Look at that. Or, um, um... That really threw me off. <laughs> I think the important thing to note here isn't that Genesis 1 is this big, important, scientific creation of the world. It's that God wanted us to have an understanding of how the world came to be and how he made the world. And he tried to give it to the Bible writers in a way that they could understand it. Yeah. Well, I think it's not even just necessarily a, a how, it's more of a why. Yeah, I think that's good too. I think it's more of the point is giving us an idea of the why as opposed to the how. Even though the how could, you know, have details that change, but the why is still important. I think, yeah, I think that there are so many themes in the creation account that are actually telling you why you exist and why you're important. And like, why you're here and where God is and why he wants to be with you and so on and so forth. And like all of those themes are tossed out the window because we refuse to understand that there is such a genre in ancient culture known as creation literature. I guess that's not what it's known as, but like we, we look across ancient cultures, they all have their own story and their stories are meant to communicate things. And when you make a story that's riffing off someone else's story, like actually God split the, the water dragon in half. Like you're communicating theology. Did that mean that God actually split your water dragon in half? No, but you get the point. Like God is better yeah, than- Yeah, for one, where is that water dragon? I wanna see the water dragon. <laughs> More that God is better than your water dragon God. He can destroy anything that comes up against him. Cause if I can learn water bending from the water dragon, that would be great. No, you're off again, but. <laughs> But like, uh, the, this doesn't mean that the Bible's wrong. Like, this is the other problem. This is why so many people, I think, are afraid to like get into these conversations, right? It's like, well, if I wasn't made in in six days, or well, one day w within the six days, then my Bible's inaccurate. It's like, no, it's not. Like, your Bible is infallible. In other words, it, it exists to perfectly teach you everything you need to know. The question is, was it designed for you to understand science? No, that's not what it was written for. <laughs> like it was written for other purposes. And so it's designed in such a way to communicate what it needs to communicate and say what it needs to say and say it the right way while at the same time using the methods in which it, it can be translated to culture. And at their time, these kind of creation stories were the cultural way of, of understanding things. And it communicates the truth about God. Yes, God did make us. Yes, there's only one true God. And he has made all things both physical and invisible, spiritual and, and tangible. 
but the science is not on their minds. No one was looking at a rat and they're like, wow, you know, genetically that's, there's a really high percentage that that's almost exactly like me and I could do tests on that to figure out how it affects the human genome. That would be nonsense. Can you imagine God trying to communicate that? <laughs> Look, Moses, this is, is going to be confusing. You know that red stuff that comes out of you? <laughs> There's this stuff called DNA that I put in. Like, it's not on their minds. Not, not at all. Not at all. And so we need to use discernment. And with people going back to flat earth theory these days, like, just shut up, okay? <laughs> like, it's not okay. You don't get to do that. It's just ridiculous. Science is not just a myth. And, and the whole, like, definition of science is, like, provable evidence about stuff. And I realize not everything that we believe scientifically is proved, and that's why we sometimes call it theory. But theory is not bad. Okay, all right. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> This was just supposed to be a fun thing about the Earth. But then Olivia had to go and ask, how is this applicable? Thanks, you Olivia. You told me to. <laughs> no, you told Casey to, and Casey wouldn't do it. So then you told me to. I don't remember this, and it's probably been edited out of this video. Because you edited it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get us out of this mess. This was a longer episode than I planned. So join us on the Discord for any comments or uh, any other discussion part that you want to do about this. Also be sure to like, share this video, and uh, we'll see you on the Discord.